Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I have a really exciting show for you today because it's it's around a topic that if you've been following my channel for the last month or so, you know I'm personally struggling with. Uh, and we're bringing you back to the show, Bo Eckstein. How are you doing this morning, Bo? I'm doing well. I already went to the gym and uh, wow. got to the office. Got to the office, I think, at uh, like seven, a little past seven. So I. I like to get started early in the morning, so uh, I'm feeling good right now. A lot of energy, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Bo, do us a favor, just in case anybody didn't watch your first interview, which I'll I'll link in the description below. Uh, just remind us what you do, how you, what's your part in the real estate investing game. Talk about your meetup, which I'm lucky enough to go to a couple of times, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, I uh, I've grown up in the Bay Area since I was 12 years old. Um, pretty much growing up, I wasn't a good student, and when I when I graduated high school, I tried to go to college and it didn't work for me. I just I, I had no passion for it, for anything at the time. So I happened to um, stumble into real estate. I always kind of liked the idea of real estate, and uh, I started working as a telemarketer for a mortgage company. And I realized I was pretty good on the phone. And shortly after that, I got my real estate license. I began be, became a mortgage broker, and I started uh, slinging loans, slinging residential loans. And I, I did pretty well. I was out of my friends in my early twenties. I was making a six-figure income, and and you know I was I was looking at my friends. I went to college, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing better than them. And like, and so for for not having a college degree, it was pretty cool. And then the the years passed, and I I ended up opening a, a mortgage company with uh, as a partner with a large uh, residential mortgage company, and I decided to move to Nevada to open their first Nevada branch. And at that time we were able to get financing like this. I mean, I was buying properties and I had no idea how to real estate invest. I was speculating. And then you can guess that 2007 came around and I realized that I was over leveraged. I didn't have cash flow. Uh, crap hit the fan. And I, uh, I, I ended up, uh, I was actually living in Nevada at the time. So I had to move back here with my tail between my legs. Bad credit now, had to foreclose on a few homes and, um, and you know, just, completely humbled. And I was about 28. I, I said that was my first midlife crisis at that time. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, financial stress just kills us. Oh, yeah. so then, then I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, well, I've, what can I do? All I know is real estate. I love real estate, but I'm a loser, right? So I got back in a, trying to do loans and a residential loans and, and the loan business just was completely changed. And then I said, okay, well, I'm also licensed as a real estate agent. Let's start selling real estate. So I had some success selling real estate. Then I happened to run into a friend of mine and I didn't realize that he was a, a partner in a fund that lent money to house flippers. So then I started working for them as their marketing guy because I was always pretty good at marketing. And I um, 
we started originating loans and learning that whole business, the private money space. And, and we, you know, we had a good success. And then I looked at these house flippers and I said, Oh, I could do that. So we started flipping houses and we, you know, learned as we went and had no construction experience and all that kind of stuff. And we, we, overall we did very well. Um, and I started a meetup group cause I love real estate investing. And then from that, I actually got casted on a TV show on a house flipping TV show for HGTV. And then I did 12 episodes on that. And it was, uh, it was a fun experience, got great exposure. Um, and then they decided not to do a second season, which was a little heartbreaking because I had 15 minutes of fame and you know, <laughs> people were starting to no notice me and on the streets and things. So it was fun. It was definitely fun. Um, and fast forward to present day, um, you know, about four years ago, I was like, okay, the flip business is great, but like at the end of the day, I'm making money, but I'm just spending more money and I have no savings. And it's just like this whole thing of like, I think it's the California dream. So I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about this whole passive income thing. So four years ago or three, yeah, I, I really started saying, okay, instead of flipping, let's buy and hold. And at that time I'm like, well, it's hard to buy and hold in California because these single family homes don't cash flow. I'm self-employed. I have a lot of write-offs. It's hard to qualify for bank loans. Um, I get the hard money game. So I go, where can I, where can I, you know, invest out of state? And, and by chance I met a gentleman when I was in Las Vegas and he was investing in Indiana. And he was looking for money and he said, Hey, can you make loans on Indiana properties? At the time I couldn't do private money loans in Indiana. I said, well, I can, I can't lend through my company, but personally, if I liked the deal, I might lend on some of these deals. So we ended up buying one or he actually, he already owned it. So I went in as a partner because he needed the rehab money. So we bought this property and from there it was, a, and this was in Indiana uh, because there I could, I could get, uh, you know, everybody talks about the 1% rule there. I could do two to 3% rule. So I'm like, wow. wow, this makes sense. And so I kind of created my own buying model there. Uh, and that started going, that started going well. And we jumped in, we started buying lots of properties. And then the reality of it was that uh, I found out is that, God, it's really hard to manage contractors <laughs> this far away. So the ones that worked were the ones that were like carpet, paint, rent. Not the, not the, and in Indiana where I'm buying, the houses are early 1900. So they're huge renovations. They're like 2,400 square feet. Yeah. And so, so look, you know, it's a constant learning process. And that's kind of where, where, where I'm at today is that, you know, recently I just kind of looked back and, re, and, and reflected and say, I said to myself, Bo, why aren't you getting where you want to go faster? And, and why are you having difficulties? And like, you need to really nip it in the butt. And it was quite, it's quite challenging because when you have these, um, when you realize, you know, like what, where you are and the mistakes you've made and, and granted, we're going to make mistakes going forward. We, you know, we got to jump in, but also you have to be able to reflect and figure out why you're making mistakes, how you can correct them. And so, um, it's the last few months I would say has been a, been a, um, reflection on, on, on what I really want in life, what makes the most sense for me, and what, I, what I'm best at, at doing. And so, you know, sometimes in life, I think we need to have these moments or these episodes, you know, where it's a tough period where you're like, wow, you know, so much money is going out of my pocket right now to feed these flips and to do these things. And uh, what, what did I do wrong? What can I do better to move forward? And so um, I've always been, really good at at 
casting out a big, big net and getting good, you know, I'm a good marketer, you know, and I think being a marketer is the most important thing we could be in the beginning, right? Like to get the deals, we have to be a marketer to reach out to people to get them to send us deals. Everything comes down to marketing first. And so I'm good at that part. What I'm not good at is, is really like looking at KPIs and like performance ind indicators of where we're at and, and really tracking. Okay. And like every successful person I know is very good at tracking. If you really look at good investors, especially in the multifamily business, they're, 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 their backgrounds are usually engineers. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they're very analytical and they look at numbers and they're very, and so where my personality is like, entrepreneurish where it's like I'm big picture guy okay but I have to be more analytical I have to do what I don't want to do in order to get the results I want to get yeah. so I, I came to that conclusion and it's it humbled me and it's very tough but I think today I can tell you that the last month was very challenging for me but I I have a new vision and a new outlook to to move forward towards and and I think that's it's good for us as investors and business owners and things yeah. to like really reflect what are we doing and how can we get results? And now I want to also say that money is not everything. I mean, I, I, I talk with very successful people all the time who are making a few million dollars a year and they're not, they're not, some of them aren't happy. So they're not successful in my mind. Yes. They're su successful in one pillar. Okay. There's all these pillars we have health, fitness, you know, wealth, uh, uh, giving back all these things so he's only successful here so he's not a, so look at your life and how can you be successful in all these avenues and so I'm on a self-improvement journey right now and you know I love listening to people like yourself who have stories where I can take bits and pieces of everybody that I know that are, are successful and say okay why haven't I gotten the results that I want and, and some people might look at me and say, Bo, you are super successful. And I, and I could say, well, in some ways I am, but in a lot of ways I'm not. And so I know, you know, even like yourself, you're, you're, you're kind of got to a point in your life where, you know, you could sit back and just live on rental income, but that's not satisfying you. You need to be satisfied in life in order to be successful. So I think we're all, most of us are in the same boat in, in some way that no matter if you've had, like you could quit your quit working today, that doesn't, that's not the end all be all, right? Mm -hmm. We have to find our, pers uh, our purpose and our passions. And so like me and you, you know, getting on this uh, call today is so fulfilling for me because it's like, I'm able to like express how I feel to you. You're able to give me some feedback and talk to you, to, you know, we can be, we yeah. could be transparent and you're like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm, I have enough cash flow. I don't need to work, but I'm, I want something better. And, and so I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate that I'm being honest with, with you and the viewers. Like, Hey, like let's have some self-reflection. We're not in a position we're at for a certain reason. And so what can we do today going forward to change? Because for me, I'm a very high low guy. And so I have these high moments where I'm like, yes, life is awesome. And I go like, God, I'm like just not living the life I, I truly want. And like, what is it that would make me hundred percent happy? And that's what we all have to figure out. And I think networking and having peers that you can, and mentors is, is very crucial for, for all of us in any business you're at. Oh yeah. No, no question. You gave us so much there. So, so first and foremost, you are successful, right? And, and you will be more successful going forward because you have these moments in time where there's self-reflection, 
looking yourself in the mirror, whatever you want to call that. So A, you are successful. Don't beat yourself up too hard. Uh, but yes, you'll be more successful going forward. I, I, I have no doubt. Um, but there's one story you brought up that I want to go back to. And it's just because I think there's a lot of, I call them the coast money, East Coast, West Coast, flooding the central. In your case, it was Indiana, but there's other states that, that get chosen, right? I hear about the 1% rule, the 2% rule, all of those things. And what you really said there is, I'm going to summarize what I heard. Michael, it's really easy to quote unquote buy a house there or an investment property, but they're old homes. They require significant work. There's lots of people coming in. GCs or contractors are spread thin. And who's to say you're going to get the priority that you need or the service? Because I keep hearing about specifically California investors going to these central states and losing their ass because contractors disappear or timelines are tripled or quality is terrible. And we just need new investors to realize that it's harder than people make it look, I guess is what I'm going after. Would you agree? I agree a hundred percent. And I, you know, I can't, I can't, would never sit here and tell people that real estate investing is easy. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what, I, I honestly think real estate is a very difficult business. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, sure. We can all, we all have wins, but the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, like, like a major league baseball player, they have a batting average, right? And the key is to have a high batting average, but you're going to strike out. Okay. Yep. And, and it's how you overcome those strikeouts. So the next time I bat, you can keep going. And, and so, you know, that's where I look at, it. I go, okay, overall, yes, I've had a lot of good, you know, base hits and doubles. And, you know, I've even hit some triples and, and once or twice I've hit in a home run where yeah. the amount of time I put in a project, I, I got paid back a very large chunk of money. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, you, um, Gary V. We were just talking prior to me getting on this call. Is that Gary V? I was I've been listening to him lately, and I love how brutally honest he is. And we're in this phase. All of us here is like this new phase of, you know, the like we want to all work from our laptop on the beach. And my buddy and I used to call it the, the flip flop lifestyle. And uh -huh. yes, that yeah, eventually yes, you can get there. But I tell you what. You gotta you gotta put in a lot of work and a lot of sweat, a lot of blood and tears because you're not gonna automatic you're not gonna just like randomly get there. There's a it's gonna take work. And no to get passive, it's gonna take so much work that you're gonna wanna quit. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is you can't quit because every deal you do, you get smarter and smarter. When I started doing loans, for example, it's like every loan I did, there was like something I'd some hurdle I had to overcome for my customers or clients. And then and then as you go, it's like, okay, well, I've done this before. Okay, I know how to navigate these waters. It's the same thing with real estate investing. Things are going to come up. You're going to buy a property and you're going to overlook something. You're going to overlook the fact that it's on a, you know, it's the cross street. It's a busy cross street. And, you know, people don't like that necessarily. That one street for whatever reason, because they don't like that traffic. Mm -hmm. And you got to take an account, like, especially on a flip. Like, okay, well, we got, we got to be really really uh, conservative on our, our figures. And, and for a while, there's so many people bullish, right? Like, mm. oh, oh, market's going up, we're in such an appreciating market. Well, I think, I think the reality of it sets in is that when you're paying 10% in interest every month and your loan goes over, you have to pay extension fees because you're, you're, you had a, a, a six month loan and now it's a, turning out to be a 12 month loan. And now you have five or six extra months of debt service. Mm -hmm. What happens? You break even, you lose money, right? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of flippers see that, and and the thing is, is that 
some people will just give up on that first or second flip they do. You know, I th- I don't know. I've done a lot of flips now. I, I don't know exactly how many it's been, but I've been a part of a good amount of flips over the last eight, nine years. And, um, you know, luckily we've won almost every flip, you know, we've done well on almost every flip, but you know, some of them, I've had a couple that have been complete struggles. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and to, 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 to get up and like go, Oh man, this one's going to be, this one's just like, it, it just drains you and, yeah. and, and that's going to happen. But what can you do about it? You can either dwell on it or you can move forward and learn from it. So that's why I always, I always, I talk, I, I get a lot of new flippers that call me for financing and it's like, they don't have a clue. Well, yeah. I applaud them for like reaching out and like starting to learn and like, but yeah. like, you know, it's a learning process and there's a lot of great tools out there to learn and, and, uh, but there's, there's a lot more to like, what can I buy it for? How much is it going to cost to fix and what they are, what's the ARV. That's a great place to start, but let's work on all that middle stuff. How are you going to manage a contractor? What finishes are you going to put in? You know, uh, you know, how are you comping the property? Are you copying, uh, are they good comparable sales or is it on a completely different street, which is way better and really to hone in because you can look at something from the outside and say, Oh, I can get, sell this thing for a million dollars. And really you're only going to get 800,000 for it. Yeah. And so I think, I think there's, there's a lot to learn. Um, but all in all, I do believe that real estate is the number one wealth building, uh, uh, wealth building creation that the average Joe can, can, can do and succeed at. Mm-hmm. And over, over long term, I mean, where else can you leverage, uh, get appreciation, get depreciation, get all the tax, tax advantages. I mean, there's no other b- better asset. And, yeah. and, and and we are able to to structure deals where we 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 have little very little out of money, money expense. So you can get started with very little money by wholesaling, by partnering on flips and things like that. Yep. So it's it's a fantastic business. But I also think that it's people need to know it's a very difficult business, and you have to be able to grind out. And things when things aren't going going well, that's when you have to push forward even harder to get the resolution of those, those projects. And that's the only way you'll ever be really successful with it. Yeah. There's a couple things again, they're just dropping gems left and right here. The, the one I want to go back to, I don't like using sports analogies cause not everyone gets them, but I think this one was, I can't think of a better one was the batting average. And specifically because you talked about having singles, doubles, triples, and home runs. Um, I think too many people get the big bright eyes of real estate investing by hearing other people's home runs and they just think everything's a home run. And I'm sorry, not everything is a home run. There's a lot more strikeouts to use your word or singles. And I think we need to do a better job of telling people, you know what, just go get seven, eight, nine singles, right? Learn, learn from it. You know, it's okay to make 10, 11 grand if you learn something. Right. Don't go out there and try to make a hundred grand or whatever, because you'll probably lose everything. Um, and I just think more and more people need to see that. I think the social media age, the people flashing checks on Facebook, it's the wrong message. Real estate investing is to your use your term the best way for the average Joe to become wealthy. No question. However, it is a lot harder in the beginning, and frankly, it's harder in the middle. And it's harder at the end that people want to acknowledge. And it, you have to keep grinding. You have to keep adjusting. You have to keep learning. And I just think more people need to hear it. And whether it's, you know, whoever becomes the Gary V of real estate, that, that person you know, needs to be honest with folks. And I think, I think you just laid it out for, for everybody. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, and I also, I also look, um, 
and I catch myself too. I catch myself like, cause I do have a lot of friends that are very successful in real estate and very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I do catch myself like going, geez, how come it's, it seems so easy for them. Like, you know, and, and people might say that about me, but I'm like, you know, I, I you know, I have a, a good friend that's buying a, you know, a $50 million apartment complex, you know, he's just, but he's, he's an elite level player. Luckily I'm fortunate that he shares his knowledge with me because I met him. I help him out in some marketing things. So he, he knows, likes, and trusts me. He's, he's willing to share his, his knowledge with me. And, and that's what we need to do as, as, as investors, because I don't know what I don't know. And I'm mm-hmm. learning. So I'm always open-minded to, to learning that. But yeah, I mean, I think the whole social media thing and um, it's just, it, it does drive the wrong message to so many people. And, and like right now, it's like, if you go on a Facebook and things, I mean, everybody is, is spouting their, their classes and their trainings. And, yeah. you know, I do, I do run the, the, the Thrive Real Estate Investor Association uh, where we, we, you know, we bring in different speakers, but I want to, I want people to like, just learn, Hey, what's, what's real. Yep. Um, and you know, if it was, if it was that easy, we, we, we'd be all on a beach right now and, and, and we're not, we're, we're still doing what we got to do. Um, and, and so I think, I think that's where a lot of people, um, I guess my thing at 40 years old right now is that when I look, when I want to see myself like at 60 years old, you know, um, I don't want to be that guy that's working at Walmart, right? Like, you know, that's my whole thing is like, there's so many people like that. I mean, not that they don't enjoy their lives because they might, they might, they probably do. They, some people do, but like for me, that's my fear. My fear is that at 60 years old, I'm still going to have to be doing transactional base work, even though I've been self-employed my whole life. Mm-hmm. My, my fear, my fear in life is that at 60, I'm like, still having to like go out and hunt to make a living yeah and and like some people go like there's tons of people in that shoes but like for me like i don't want to be that person i want i i want to be finance being financially free allows you to have your time to really do what you want to do and i think when you get to that position you can like work on your passion projects more which actually make you more successful right when you're not worrying about you know paying bills and and that kind of thing you're able to say, you're able to kind of look down at your business and go, okay, like what will really, you know, shoot, you know, shoot me out of space with success. And you're able to work on things from a higher level when you're in your business, like to the day to day and you're grinding away, you don't have that, that same energy to, to, to really think about that success level. And I think, um, so, you know, wrapping it all back, it's really like self-reflection. What do we need to do? to, to really. And so I started getting a bunch, like this past month, I got a a bunch of books, audible books on, um, on like, you know, like, uh, uh, managing your finances and things. And like the things that I just overlooked, like I I swipe a credit card. I don't really pay attention. You know, I just pay my bills at the end of the month. But when I, when I just did this exercise and added up all my expenses, I was, I was sick. I was disgusted. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I was spending like eight grand a month on overhead, <laughs> right? You know, eight, nine grand. And I was pro- I'm probably spending 20 grand a month, right? Oof. You know, and it's like, um, I tell you what, that's, that was just my indicator where I, I've done a complete 180 now and I yeah. go, okay, 
after just listening to some of these books, I'm like, okay, I'm going to live very frugally from now on. I'm and and like going out to lunch, dinner, like in a day, I could easily spend $150 on food, and I'm doing yeah. that often. It's like, okay, like that, you know, like if you want to get to where you want to go, you can't spend $150 a day every day. Like, yeah, that's 4,500 bucks a month. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like, and we're so oblivious with our 20 credit cards that we have, and we just pay our bills at the end of the month. Like, yeah. But when you really look at it, what you're spending, and, and I encourage everybody who's watching this, you know, like I'm the one that would never want to see it, right? Because once you see it, you become, <laughs> you're disgusted. Like you're, 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 I'm in, still in shock. Like I can't believe that I am spending this much money. It's like, no wonder why I'm not saving money, right? Like how can you save money? And like, like it's, so that is like, number one, it's like, you know, okay, keep learning about real estate and looking at real estate every day. Look at real estate. Yeah. A very successful guy said to me, um, if you're, if you're not looking, um, uh, how did he say it? Basically he said it was somewhere like if you want to do more deals, you have to look at more deals. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's tip number one. Then the t- tip number two is track and measure your finances. What's coming in, what's going out. Those two things are, I think the most important aspects of anything, especially in your, when you're in, in your beginning stage or middle stage of your investing career, you yeah. know, uh, it's, it's just, it's just so apparent. And I can't believe over all these years that I've, I've been such an idiot and I'm, I'm okay saying it, that I've been such an idiot, how much money I've pissed away in my life, yeah. you know, just where I could have been, Especially because in Indiana, honestly, I go out and I could buy a I could buy a house that's moving ready for like twenty five thirty grand. How many houses over the years could I have bought in free and clear that, that would have been paying me my ten grand, fifteen grand a month net today, yeah. where I wouldn't be dwelling on finances, right? And so I realized it. I made mistakes, and now how am I going to change it, right? And that's where I'm at right now because at forty years old. Because before you, I don't know if there's any young listeners on there, but before you know it, you're going to turn 40 and you're going to be like, where has my, where, it, it can't be, this can't be real. I'm 40 years old. I, I feel like I'm 25, right? Like, like, that's why it's important for people to plug into this free information, right? Like, yep. hey, we, today is a very powerful, we can, we can either use it to our advantage or our disadvantage. And I encourage everybody to use it to your advantage, YouTube and podcasts and all this stuff. You can plug into so many smart people. Just just do it and 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 take people's advice and then and stick to your plan that will get you to, to the success. I want to go back to your two tips because I think they're rock solid. First and foremost, if you want to do more deals, look at more deals. Right? The you know I've been very clear. I think I wrote it in my book. One of the things that I didn't know I was doing better than most is I looked at my market every day for 10 years straight, at least once. And I got to know the areas, right? I got to understand very quickly what was a bad deal, what's average, what's good and great. And, and now I can do it in minutes. And um, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I, was just, I just knew that I needed another deal. Uh, so that was one. And then the last, the, your second tip about looking at your money. I had the same, I don't know, come to Jesus meeting or self-reflection or whatever. I was a little bit lucky in that my wake-up call was on my 30th birthday. I was like, why the freaking heck are you spending every dollar that comes in? I mean, literally, I was like, I, I was sick. And um, we slowly started 
living on less, right? We were, we were living on 101% of our income, right? <laughs> and then it went to 90 and then 80 and then 60. You know, it's just, um, and we did that for 15 years. My wife gets all the credit in the world, Olivia, um, for staying true to that. And it, it was hard, right? Because we go to dinner or we go to a movie or we go to a housewarming party and these you know, wives and husbands are going, hey, look at my house and my big backyard. And I'm like, yeah, well, your freaking tax bill is probably 12 grand a year. And you know, we're going to stay in our condo over here that was you know, a lot less than that. So lots of, lots of hard choices. If you want to be in this game for a long time and, and get to the end, you've got to sacrifice. I mean, I wish it wasn't a dirty word. I wish sacrifice wasn't a dirty word, but people don't like to hear it. They don't like to do it because it's, it's a negative connotation, sacrifice. I promise you it's not. It's, it's the greatest thing in wealth generation is sacrifice today so you can have what you want tomorrow. It's so true. And, and I, I think that this, what we're talking about today is like, it's probably the most important thing in your financial like future. You can listen to a million things and yes, you can go out and earn more money in that thing. I'm, I'm not saying you can't, you know, if you look at like the Grant Cardone 10 X, mm-hmm. Hey, it's not a money. It's, you know, it's not cutting your expenses, go out and make more money, which is to a point. Yeah. There is some truth to that, but what can you do today? Like if I could take my, whatever I'm spending, let's say I'm, it's cost me my overhead and some of it's my part-time assistance, the things that I'm talking about. But let's say I'm spending $18,000 a month or 17,000 mm-hmm. with like, you know, a transaction mm-hmm. coordinator. What can I do today to bring that down? Like to five, like two thirds, right? Like if I can get that down to five or six grand, okay, maybe that means that I have to do a lot of the stuff myself, but, but that's fine, right? Like that extra, eight, $9,000 a month that I'm saving could be going towards paying down mortgage. It could be going towards buying new property. It could be going into a, a fund for a rainy day, right? Like what, if you don't have money stashed away for a rainy day, that's where the fear strikes in, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what we all need. We need to have six months reserve stacked. Okay. Like don't touch it. Okay. That's peace of mind right there. And although you might not be making a huge return on that, wherever it's stashed, the peace of mind in itself is going to allow you to expand and grow your business because you're not worrying about money. There's so many people that living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. they're not able to think big because they're stuck in this mindset of scarcity. So if you have that money sitting aside, you more it's easier to have abundance mindset. And so step one is to have that, I believe, uh, you know, step at the same time, I guess step one would be that and also cutting your expenses. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then, you know, step two is, is looking at deals and learning about how to invest. And then I think that will help so many people get so, so, you know, get to where they want to go. And I, you know, I don't mind being completely honest with people because I think that people could take what we're talking about and they can really, you know, take it to heart because, Mm -hmm. The minute you're honest with yourself and you and you realize like you're what you're what you're not very good at uh, with your skill sets and what you're what you're really good at and learn how to you know work with your personality type and your and your skill levels that will make you no matter where your strengths are you can figure that out and then you can work towards you know getting to where you want to go so I think like the self-reflection is, is critical and and to have a positive mindset because it's easy to get it's easy to get stuck in a rut mm-hmm. and and to and to just bury your head in the sand and that's not going to help you 
Yeah, totally agree. So let's, let's, you know, what, what really sparked me reaching out to do this interview with you is you sent out a great email to your entire real estate meetup, which I'm a member of. And thank you for that. Talking about what you're going to be doing for the next six months and how you're changing your business. So why don't we just get that recorded and, and really talk about what you hope to be doing the next six months and what this last 30 day journey of self-reflection audible books is doing for you. And, and where do you see yourself January 1st, 2020 ish? Got it. Got it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to make, I made like a year goal. So it'd be, you know, next okay. June, but, but, Fair but, enough. but, okay. So first thing is, is take the existing rentals I have right now. Okay. And lower right now, the mortgage rates are at, you know, pretty, pretty much historic lows. Yep. So reposition and lower expenses. Um, and, yep. and, and that's, that's crucial. Um, I've got two, two projects I'm, I'm wrapping up in Indiana, get, 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 um, out of all my properties, I have one other house. So I have three properties that I need to get rented out there, finished okay. and rent, two, two finished and rented out. Get that. That's a, that's like a, you know, that's a swing of about four or five grand right there a month. Right. Cause I'm paying debt service yep. on not. Empty. Okay. So, right. So, okay. Then going forward in Indiana, um, cause I bought those houses that were, they were big, huge projects became a complete time suck and a money suck because when you, when, when things take longer, you're just paying more interest and you know, they're, they're great. At, I bought great properties, no question about that, but I'm not there to manage it. So all these people talking about out of state investing, if you're going to do out of state investing, your first asset you buy out of state, make sure it's pretty close to being a turnkey property, not buying from a turnkey provider necessarily. I'm not saying that cause I don't really agree with that. What I'm saying is, um, you know, finding a rock star property manager and agent or you know mm -hmm. somebody that can give you the guidance and make sure your projects are quick projects where you're turning them and putting a tenant in right away because the more projects you have that are big construction it's going to really derail you and that happened to me when i when i got there because i i just looked at i'm buying it for this i'm put i'm buying this property i'm buying this property for 20 grand i'm going to put 30 grand into it and then it's worth 100 grand i'm about 50 percent loan to value okay yeah. But think about everything that went into it and how much longer it ended up taking. Then, then you go, okay, well, it wasn't that great of a deal after all. Right. Once it's rented, yes, the cash flow is phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I have to say you can get great cash flow in the Midwest. You can get great cash flow here. I just, my friend just posted in a private group that I'm in, and uh, in the downturn, he bought this, uh, he bought this property in the uh, uh, suburbs of Sacramento. And he bought this, it was on 10 acres. It was a, a family home he was going to move into. It was on 10 acres and it was like an REO. He bought a bank and it was like, he bought it for probably 700 grand. I'm sure he put in two to 300,000 into it, but he lived in it. But he, he recently has a lot of projects going, real estate projects. So he moved to, to Austin. I mean, he plans on moving back, but when he's not there, he's Airbnb in this place. He just showed us that uh, over the, over the next two months or, or this month and, and, and the, bookings for June, that's making him $50,000, just that house. So let's say he owes seven or 800,000 on mortgage. His debt service with everything is five grand a month, right? Probably that guy's yeah. making, he's yeah. making 20 grand a month uh, minus expenses. Let's say he's making 15 grand a month net. Okay. Like after turnover and every, you know, cleaning the house. Okay. 15 grand a month from one property. So you can get cash flow anywhere. But I'm just saying there's so many, so many ways to do it. But I just looked at it and go, wow, it's not how many doors you own. It's, yes. it, it's really what at the end of the day, 
how much time are you spending on it and what's your net 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 and 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 if you can do that and 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 i think a lot of people that are doing the airbnb thing they're you know if you it, it, it it's like flipping houses for a lot of people it's a job for them yes i mean i know a few people that have done it and now they have systems in place where they're you know they're traveling the world now but they you know it, it didn't happen overnight for them yeah but but you are really like one or two deals away from from the success level depending on your on your scale but like when i'm doing in indiana if i get at the end of the day if i get three or four hundred net per door you're doing well but how many of those doors is going to take to hit your goal of whatever yeah. your ten thousand dollar net passive income right it's going to take a lot of doors mm -hmm. okay um so you got to kind of figure out which avenue you're going to you know you're going to really fine-tune and and your goals and and I think like in my mind, a perfect world is that I own rentals that are managed professionally. I don't have to manage them. And at the end of the month, I'm, you know, looking at like my uh, property management income and expense sheet that she sends me. And I say, okay, well, this, this building's performing or this four unit's not performing. It's getting a lot of turnovers, a lot of evictions, and then finding the right uh, properties to, to keep on buying. And so, that's also a learning curve. I'm sure over the, all the properties you bought, you bought a few that you're like, this has just been nothing but a nightmare. Yes, <laughs> for sure. It happens to all of us, yes. But again, yeah, I think again, you dropped some things there I wanna reiterate. It's not about the doors. Sometimes people hear our stories and they hear the numbers over 100 and they go, oh my gosh, you know, it's not about doors. It's, it's, it is about the income and as you said, it's the net, 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 right? That actually that you can spend. Um, it's not about, you know, ARVs or loan to values or any of that. No, it's how much money is left in my checking account at the end of the day that I can live on, right? That, that's, that's the key to all of this. So, um, I, I love that you're just being truthful and honest and maybe you're going to become the Gary V of, of real estate, Bo. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I think, I think, um, having lived through the downturn, um, I have a lot of, friends that gotten started investing in 2009, 10, 11, and yeah. they've seen nothing but huge growth. I think we've, I think this is probably one of the best real estate runs we've had in a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, if we look back a few decades and um, so, it, you know, when there, there's people in life that do whatever, whatever, for whatever reason they just, they just, they, they never have setbacks. Yep. They're, they're the, they're the exception though. They're the exception. And sometimes I look at those people and I'm like, God, like hey. I'm, envi <laughs> yeah. I'm, envi I'm envious of them, yeah. but it's like the same thing with like anything, like why, you know, you know how many people try to become a professional athlete and, and fail. And, and, and we just seem to see the guys that are having huge success and compare ourselves against them. But for everyone that's that successful, there's, you know, 90% of the people that aren't that yeah. are like, that aren't. I mean, I just heard Gary Vee talk about um, startups in Silicon Valley. He said that 98% of them are losing money. And, and, and in Silicon Valley, like you never hear people talk about the, the, yeah, the misses. How, many how many, how many companies are failing and collapsing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think he's so right on about that because I, I do think that, you know, there's so many more people, failing and businesses failing but people only only seem to see like because nobody nobody's honest right i mean not many people are honest they're not honest with themselves and so the people that are 
a lot of people that are posting on social media, it's it's for their own benefit, right? They're posting because they're they're selling you something. They're they're selling you their coaching programs. They're selling you. They're making money to sell you something. And and listen, I buy a lot of courses, and some of them are really good. I'm not afraid to spend a couple grand if I'm going to learn something that's going to make me money, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to invest, but also, um, you know, for every course that somebody's buying, you know, for every you know, 10 courses that are sold, there's probably only one person that's implementing those things. I think most courses do have good content in it, but it's the only the massive action takers that are going to get the results. And, Absolutely. and that's a hard reality. Like I had, a, I had a, a, to just, just think, what do I need to do to hit my goals? And it's to do the things I don't want to do <laughs> to pick up the darn phone and make calls every day. That's what I have to do today to be successful. Yeah. pick up the phone and prospect. And so that is going forward. My theme is prospect, 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 because if you're not prospecting, you're not going to hit your goals. Yeah. And I can tell you what, I have not hit my goals. I haven't, I haven't hit my fitness goals. I haven't hit my investing goals, my savings goals. So I'm, I, I had to have this conversation with you to get it off my chest that yes. there's a reason why I'm not hitting my goals and I'm either going to like keep living the same life or I'm going to change shit and do it right because if yeah. I don't if I don't it'll be 10 years from now and I'll we'll be having the same conversation and I don't want that to happen right I yeah. don't want to happen so sometimes putting it out there to yeah. lots lots of people is the best thing you can do right like yeah you're, you're gonna struggle you're gonna have to do things you don't want to do unfortunately in life you have to do things you don't want to do and that's Gary V and I'm taking it what he's saying and I'm like yeah you're right I do have to do things I don't want to do. I, I do have to get rejected, right? You yeah. have to get, people are going to tell me to go piss off. Okay, well, that's what I can pay for your property. And yeah. if you want it, this is why I can pay for it. I'm honest guy. I'm not pulling any punches. This is what I can pay because I'm not buying a property to lose money on. Right. I'm not buying a property to break even on because every hour I spend on that property is is money out of my pocket. Exactly. So, So I think that's, that's what we, we need to do. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there feel the same way I do. And I just, I just think, gosh, like, let's just talk about it. Let's get it out on the table. Everybody always wants to talk about their wins. Yeah. Let's talk about our, our yeah. losses and what, what's bugging us and get it off our chest and commit to doing things that you don't want to do. So I am committing to do all the things I don't want to do to get the results I want to get. And, uh -huh. and, and, and I appreciate you letting me on your show to actually be, by me talking about it here and, and, and putting it out to the, to the masses, that's the best thing I can do. Right. Yeah. And then, and then also I would say like a lot of successful people tell me, tell me that they journal and they goal set, right? Like if a lot of people are telling me they're journaling and goal setting, like, why am I not doing that? Like, because it's working for, most every successful person I know, they're writing their goals down and they're, you know, they're journaling and they're doing things like that. How come I'm not doing that? Right. Because yeah. I don't want to do it, but I have to do the things I, I don't want to do in order to be successful. That's right? so awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, so, so what is it going to take? What will it take the average person? What's going to take me to actually do it? Right. Like yep. everybody's got it in them. Right. You just got to get kind of angry internally, like get mad, like, Yes, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm extremely fortunate. I'm grateful for the life I have, but also I'm very mad now because it's like, 
you have, I have, I, I have so much now. One of my good friends always says, Bo, he goes, you're probably one of the most knowledgeable guys in real estate, but you're not good at executing. And I, you know what? I respect that. He tells me that because yeah. it's like, you're right. You're right. Like I, what I am. And why aren't I getting the re same results? This guy, this guy's huge. He's yeah. And it's like, because I'm not doing what I need to do. That's awesome. I think that's where we need to wrap this up. Uh, I think taking massive action is such a honest reflection and most people need to do it. Most people focus on just doing things they like, not the things they have to do. Um, I love the fact that getting mad creates focus. That is so true. Some of my greatest successes were after I got just pissed off. All right. That just creates that laser focus. But before I wrap, I want to make sure you get a chance to, how, how can people get a hold of you, Bo? And and be a part of your business or your meetup or all the stuff you do? How can people reach out? Sure. So, so my day job, I, I lend money to people, um, private money loans, hard money loans, fix and flip bridge loans. I do business loans too. You go to emergelending.com if you're interested in anything. Uh, and I'll be happy to look at any rentals you have and I can, you know, help you analyze and say, okay, like, you know, uh, what's your, what could you do to propel your business? Cause a lot of times it just comes to repositioning what you already own. And we, we look at like return on equity. Cause if you're sitting on a property with say $500,000 of equity or a million dollars of equity, um, your actually return is, is, is diminished significantly. But most people don't look at what we call ROE return on equity. So that's important. Secondly, I bring in great speakers such as yourself to my investor club um, and you can go to meetup.com forward slash thrive, R-E-I-A, and you can uh, opt in there. And any meetup we have, we have three upcoming meetups. Um, you can come and they're, they're free events. And then we do one big event every year. And we're in the, in the process of structuring that where I bring in really big speakers. And we do like a day of just, it's, we used to do it as a, we call it an REI bar camp where we have breakout sessions. And it's, we try to have it more conversational where you're not just listening to somebody preach, you're, you're actually interacting with that person. And it's more of a conversation and we have different conversations in different rooms. So you can take, that's probably the best event I throw and everybody seems to love that. So I'd, I'd love for you guys to connect and, um, and you know, we can, we can talk about investing locally out of state. I lend in different markets so I could see who's successful, who's not successful. And I think I can bring some value to, uh, the conversation and I appreciate you having me on the show. It's, it's always fun. And, and you asked some good questions and I, I know I talked a lot. It's cause when I have, uh, after my workouts, I'm just, this is like the time I'm, I'm uh, this is the time I need to be on the phone calling people like, yes. <laughs> well, this is a lot of fun, but I really appreciate all you do. Um, you're honest, you're direct, you're not afraid to have honest discussions with folks. So I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but success. Thanks brother. Thank you. All right.